Welcome to the Mile 99 interview series with your hosts, Greg Larkin, Mike Turner, and Jessica Harris. Enjoy this episode, and we'll hope to see you on the trails soon. Hey, everybody, it's Greg Larkin, one of the co hosts of the Mile 99 interview series. We've got a good relationship with the Donner Party Mountain Runners up in Truckee, California. About every month or so, they produce a Zoom chat with an inspiring runner, uh, usually a member or it could be somebody in the community. And they just recently talked to Jeff Rauenhorst, and he set a fastest known time, an FKT record, on the Superior Trail, an over 300-mile trail in Minnesota along the shores of Lake Superior. It's an extremely technical and challenging trail, and he goes into all the details about his preparation and the execution of that. And so we are offering that as another podcast episode for you, and we hope you enjoy it. Thank you, and we'll see you on the trails. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the DPMR webinar series, our take on educational and inspirational running-centric discussions in a time where this format's our best tool for hosting impactful community events. My name is Chris Cloyd. I'm a DPMR member. Um, we're here to talk with Jeff Rauenhorst. And if I butchered your name, I just realized I've never pronounced that out loud, Jeff. It was perfect. Yes. Perfect. All right. We can shut it down. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you, Jeff. Um, this is a really fun event that we've been putting on. This is our fourth or fifth, I suppose. Um, those of you listening, our membership supports the event, these events and so much other quality programming. If you're not a member yet or would like to consider gifting a membership uh, for the holidays, please toggle over to DonnerPartyMountainRunners.com after this conversation to learn more. Um, Jeff, how are you today? Doing great. Got a good run out of Clear Creek today, so down near Carson City. Yeah, so, yeah, the the eastern slope is. This is one of my favorite times of year because you can go skiing on the western slope and running and biking on the eastern slope. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, it's good to We're live spoiled. up here. We're yeah. um, speaking of being spoiled, Jeff, I've been pretty spoiled to host most of these conversations with friends. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm proud to call you a, a fellow mountain runner up here in uh, in North Lake Tahoe, but we don't have that friendship. Um, and I don't know how much of our membership is familiar with you yet. Could you give me like an elevator speech about you? Sure. Uh, so I moved up to the Tahoe Basin uh, about five years ago. Uh, I, uh, like many of us, I escaped the Bay Area. And so I've been living here. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Minnesota, which will be relevant to our conversation. Grew up in the Twin Cities. Um, uh, chemical engineer by training. Uh, I've done everything from pharmaceutical manufacturing to artificial intelligence, control software for energy efficiency, um, doing uh, solar installations on Catholic facilities right now. So, you know, I've been doing a little bit of everything. Uh, I have a family, uh, two kids. I have a 13-year-old daughter and an 11-year-old son uh, that we all love living up here. Um, yeah, maybe that's, that's a great, quick little summary. That's uh, it's really useful for me. I'm married to a master's degree toting engineer. Um, so I'm used to this like overwhelming feeling of talking to brilliant engineers. This is great for me. Yep. Yep. Um, you mentioned you moved here five years ago. When did you come to running? Was this before or after that? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, I've been kind of running all my life. Um, I think what happened is uh, in 2008, I joined a startup in the Bay Area and I did the whole startup thing and had two kids and uh, got totally out of shape. 
Uh, so I was living in Berkeley at the time and started uh, started running just a little bit. And then you know, I kept my circle kept expanding. I realized I could get up into Tilden Park, uh, you know, kind of the hills up above Berkeley. And then I just wanted to keep going, and so I kept running and running. And um, I, you know, <laughs> so I was running some more and signed up for a trail marathon, the the summit to the sea um, down um, down south the bay uh and then you know is that i was at a birthday lunch with some friends and uh ethan and emma venaclausen were there so they're both ultra runners great, um, great people shout out to yeah ethan. yeah they're awesome and i remember emma you know in her sweet voice was like jeff you could run an ultra and sure enough like six months later i was i ran my first 50k I, so i'm I'm not fortunate enough to spend much time with Emma. Um, I look forward to making her acquaintance when we can all do that. But Ethan is responsible for many, many, many people deciding to sign up for that ultra. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, so that was about six years ago. Yeah. So it was the year before I moved and then I, I ran the North face 50 miler, uh, you know, just weeks before we moved up here uh-huh. and then kind of, I've been, I've been hooked. And then up here, I mean, how can you not want to spend more time on the trails? Uh, totally. I don't want to. I don't want to shift the story to my story by any means. But I I came to running very late. I probably have maybe seven years of mountain running in me now. But I am a recovering road bike racer turned triathlete. Then I just started running in the hills to train for it and just cut all that stuff out and did it. So it's yeah. nice to talk with somebody who I, I would I would humbly offer. We both came to it pretty late, you know. Yeah. Um, but and that's awesome. And I hope everybody listening like. If, if us two can do it, you can do it. Exactly. Um, that's really cool, man. I, uh, those are some great events to get started. I, I, I'm proud of my running career, but I also have not taken it as far. I mean, you've, you've now run a, a couple of huge events. Um, you've set an FKT on a, on a very popular trail. I mean, that's a pretty stratospheric rise, if you ask me. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's just an excuse to spend more time in the mountains. Totally. So, you know, I, I there. yeah, I, um, and, and the funny little thing here is, so, uh, I, I have a great wife and she's incredibly supportive, but when I started to get into this, uh, she told me I could never run a hundred miler. Uh, so up until this point, I haven't run a hundred miler. Just skip uh, so Yeah. <laughs> I've done, you know, a bunch of 50 Ks, uh, you know, a bunch of 50 milers, uh, but uh, yeah, just, uh, it was two years ago, I kind of, uh, I turned 40 actually, uh, two years ago. And uh, my wife kind of gave me carte blanche uh, to do whatever I wanted. So uh, I kind of, uh, so I decided to do the Camino de Santiago in Spain. Oh. Uh, so the, the pilgrimage route, um, and I did uh, the kind of, the one most Americans know about that starts uh, in France, basically on the Pyrenees, on the border of Spain and France, at Saint Jean Pas de Port, travels about 500 miles uh, to uh, Camino de Sa- uh, to Santiago de Compostela uh, through northern Spain. And of course, right, it's like ah, I could hike it, but why not run it? So I'm like, I just set out the the goal of doing about 50k a day, uh, and so it took me uh, 18 days to do it. Uh, so I took one rest day. Uh, during it, uh, but that was uh, that was a spectacular experience. And since we have a lot of runners here, the best way I could describe it is it is the best um, race for aid stations that you could ever imagine. Because about every three to five miles, 
there's a town that you go through and they have a hotel, they have, you know, running water, they have a bar, they have, you know, a place to get food and grocery store. Uh, and so it was, it, it was great. Oh, and it's incredibly well signposted. They have these yellow arrows everywhere. So uh, it's very hard to get lost on it. Yeah. That's, that's a tremendous, um, that's a, I mean, that's just awesome to hear about. I, I know selfishly, my wife and I have talked about doing that. She's a mountain biker. And my understanding is that you can bike it in, hike it, walk it, run it, whatever. And we could do it together. And just if she gets tired, she stops at the bar or the whatever. And we just kind of figure it out together. And so you're, thanks for the inspiration, Jeff. Yeah. It, I, hey, I'd recommend it to anybody. Of course, after all this COVID stuff passes, uh, it yeah. is, it, it's a tremendous experience. And I did it as a pilgrimage. So I had, there's a religious aspect to it for me. Uh, yeah. But, you know, there are lots of people, uh, you know, graduating college, career transitions, just out having some fun for the summer. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see, as you, as you alluded to, whatever the next chapter post COVID looks like. I think a lot of people are going to do a lot of things with new moment or like new motivation and renewed enthusiasm. I think so. Yeah. And of course, uh, so we've done the Camino and I, um, I kind of threw it in with my wife. I'm like, well, you know, doing the Camino, it's like great training. Like there's this Tahoe 200 thing, uh, <laughs> you know, cause we could see the lake from, you know, where we are and really? yeah. just the aesthetics of being able to, in one push, go all around Lake Tahoe, which I call my, my backyard. Yeah. Uh, she's like, oh, okay. Um, so I signed up and then ran the Tahoe 200 uh, two years ago as well. That's awesome. I, if, if those of you listening need any more evidence that our wives are brilliant and us boys are stupid, it's that <laughs> your wife said, don't run 100, and you somehow decided to run a 200. That's all we need. We can We can print the books now yeah yeah it, and uh it just that that went really well so uh adam kimball who i think most of you know uh helped coach me and uh, so i ended up uh i think at mile 30 or 40 i met kelly barber for the first time uh and he and i ran together for about 60 miles of it uh and had a great time and ended up uh it was it was surreal um it was the most present I've ever been. It just all flowed really well. And I um, kind of blew away my crew by, uh, by just hitting milestones way faster than I expected. And, um, uh, and what I did, the one thing, you know, 200s, everybody's trying to figure out how to do them. So I did the opposite of everybody else. I slept three to five hours a night and got up and then I always felt great. Woke up and went and ended up uh, in 15th place, uh, which was, which was crazy. I think actually my wife cried at the end, not because I finished because she's like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I dude, Yeah. That's a story common told. I, uh, yep. I, it's cool that you, you mentioned you sleep. So I I've had the privilege of hosting a few of these conversations. And one of them mm-hmm. was with Adam Kimball, um, mm-hmm. who I'm probably call a friend and his laugh was the antithesis of that. I'm going to pin it and just, yeah. you know, hold on for dear life. And, um, one of my friends, uh, Gretchen Brugman, did it many years ago in four days. And each night they like stopped at a hotel, hot tubs, restaurant, whatever. Yep. And obviously the 200 is something different entirely, but it's just cool and inspiring to me to see so many different ways to engage with it. Um, I know Adam's wife, Karen, is actually doing it just piecemeal, you know, which mm-hmm. is a very different experience. But yep. I hope that I know I'm inspired by talking with all you guys and getting different lenses on what can happen out there. 
And I hope everybody listening is like, you can do the lake lap. You go do it. Just whatever appeals to you. Yep. Sleep like Jeff. Don't sleep like Adam. Stay in hotels, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, just sleep on the trail like some people do. Uh, you know, um, I crewed, a, I paced a guy for 40 miles uh, last year. And yeah, he barely slept. And, you know, he slept in about 10 minute increments on the trail and it worked for him and he did really well. Yeah. And I think that's, I'm excited. Ultra running in general is pretty new, but like, you know, the hundred plus mile races that, that you're alluding to are very new and I, it's kind of intoxicating. And I'm not, if my wife's listening, I'm not running a 200 anytime soon, but it's cool to, it, it's very uncharted and you get to kind of explore the cutting edge of the sport, which is very unique for anybody. No, I, I think that's true. And, you know, sleep is a big thing that uh, I don't think people have figured out yet. Uh, I mean, I did it pretty well. Uh, uh, of course, Adam always teases me because he's like, Jeff, if you just didn't sleep, you could have probably did about six hours better. So <laughs> good to know, Adam. Thanks, buddy. Um, yep. If you didn't bring food, you'd be lighter, Jeff. Uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how we're going to do it. Well, we're we're here to celebrate your superior hiking trail, FKT. Did I get that right? Superior hiking trail? That's it. Yep. Um, can you tell me more about that route as somebody that's not familiar at all? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I grew up in Minnesota and, uh, you know, uh, spent a lot of time up in, in northern Minnesota. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons why this route attracted me. Uh, so it starts in, uh, in northern Minnesota. You can actually where the, you start, you can see the Canadian border. And you see the river that's that's actually the border between the U.S. and Canada. And I started from the north and went south. And it basically follows the uh, Lake Superior uh, and goes all the way through Duluth and then takes a little bit of a easterly turn to the and it ends at the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin. So it's 310 miles. Uh, I think it's about 46,000 feet of climbing. Wait, wait, uh, wait. <laughs> Hold on. I, and this is ignorance. I'm just, I'm cutting you off out of ignorance. Isn't Minnesota flat? It's completely flat. Except one trail? trail is. Okay. Well, so yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I grew up in the Twin Cities. Uh, it's completely flat uh, and where most people have visited. Uh, but along Lake Superior, there's a series of bluffs. And what's interesting is the lake level is about 600 feet. And the highest point of the trail is about 1,800 feet. So it's only so, but the thing is, this trail is um, a little sadistic because basically any hill or bluff it sees, it just goes straight up. And so you're just constantly going up, down, up, down, up, down. It's not like the big climbs that, that you can get out here, or, you know, in other big mountain ranges, but you're always going up and down. So they believe if there's a hill, they go up it. Uh, they don't believe in switchbacks. Uh, and then the trail is really uh, rocky and ruddy. Uh, so, you know, lots of kind of almost scrambling up rocks. Um, you know, it's, it's not the Minnesota, so there are trees everywhere and these tree root systems become these spider webs that you have to work through. And it just makes things like the Tahoe Rim Trail, you know, look like, uh, you know, the eight lane highway that you oh can my. just cruise on. Uh, so it was, it, yeah, it's a totally different trail than you see out here. That's remarkable. And, and I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I, again, out of ignorance, I would not have assumed that, but it, uh, that's pretty cool to hear about. I just, it's nice to, it, it kind of highlights at least my own 
lack of awareness and uh, we should all take bigger swings to learn more about exotic places, you know? Yeah, there's, it is a little off the beaten track. There is the superior 100. It's a hundred mile race that is, uh, it's 80, 90% on the superior hiking trail. Do you know offhand what the, uh, and that's, that's wild. Um, do you know offhand as I'm thinking about it, what the 200 was in vertical? Uh, 40,000 feet. So you ran more vertical on the superior hiking trail. Yep. But about a hundred miles longer too. So, eh. well, who's, yeah, who's counting. <laughs> um, I, uh, I just think that's cool for all of our members as a, as a, you know, Trekkie Tahoe based membership. I think a lot of DPMR members can wrap their head around. This is more vert than the Tahoe or than the Tahoe 200 course. Yep. Um, how did you, you mentioned that you did the 200, which I would assume is great training. How did you target training for such a different type of course? Yeah, well, you know, the beauty is where we live in the mountains, you get all the vertical you want here. I can go out my backyard and be up to Rifle Peak in about 2,500 feet of vertical. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of training around here, uh, but uh, I was planning on doing an unsupported TRT for training, uh, but, you know, COVID threw a loop and everything for us. So we ended up... Uh, the family, we took our travel trailer and just drove out to Minnesota uh, for a month where my family is. I still have a lot of family there. Uh, so we just, you know, quarantine in northern Minnesota on a lake. And so, you know, we spent 4th of July there, uh, complete with, uh, you know, a parade of boats around the lake, uh, you know, as you do in northern Minnesota. Uh, so uh, so I, <laughs> I decided to go, I mean, might as well do training specific to what you're trying to attempt. So I went on the Spear hiking trail. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I came from here and I'd done Tower 200. You know, I think, yeah, I averaged like, I don't know, it's like 64, 65 miles a day. Like, okay, carried a pack and stuff, but like 300 miles. I naively was like, oh, you know, I'll feel good the first day. I'll do 60 miles the first day. And then, you know, I'll do 50 miles for five days. And, you know, like, that seems okay. Uh, and you know, it's 310 miles, you know, 310 yeah. miles and you get through it. Uh, so uh, after the 4th of July, uh, my dad and wife dropped me off. And uh, so I spent uh, four days on the trail training and did a short like 25 mile day to start. Uh, and then I was like, okay, you know, this is the time to do some fifties. And uh, I got killed. <laughs> the the trail it was so hard you couldn't really like get a good pace um and then the biggest thing is i was trying to do this unsupported so i think my pack was about 19 20 pounds when i started and it's amazing how hard it is to move efficiently um with a 20 pound pack on especially when you're used to you know running with a light you know some snacks and some you know water mm -hmm. uh, and uh, let's see, it rained for two and a half days. Uh, I got trench foot, uh, tons of blisters. Uh, and of course, uh, Northern Minnesota in July is not an ideal place to be running. It was hot, it was you know, in the upper 80s, it was about 80% humidity. Uh, there were mosquitoes everywhere. And then if you've never been up in the North, you get black flies and they are horrible and they leave big welts. And I remember this one time I, you know, I put this 
like 50% DEET, like totally terrible chemicals, but I was putting it all over, I put it on my shoulders and I put it on and like three minutes later, this black fly was biting my shoulders <laughs> and it was so demoralizing. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and then I was like putting on a windbreaker to keep off the mosquitoes and bugs, but then you're overheating and it was just brutal. And I think the most I did is I did a 44 mile day. I, uh, as somebody, I, I live in Truckee for a billion reasons, but one of the biggest ones is that we're high enough to be out of like crazy mosquitoes, ticks and snakes and stuff. Yep. And I tend to go deeper into the mountains to get out, like down in the east side and stuff just to get out of that. So everything you just said, I'm done. I'm not going. <laughs> um, well, chapeau to you, man. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, yeah. it's, I, have, I guess my follow-up question is that sounds really awful. How did you, you went from that to like rally cap and then actually broke the record. What was the, you know. Well, so, okay. The fourth day, you know, I was hoping to do, you know, you know try to fix my, and I like, hard day and you know because you're just going up and down up and down it's wet and it's raining the rain stops but all like it was so overgrown that your feet just stayed wet and like every step hurt we've all been there where our feet are just torn up and um i had resigned myself to just like i was going to stop my wife was coming and i was going to stop early and um i was uh i need to say i was quite emotional um uh, you know, we all go to our, our, our dark places in some of these races. And um, I, 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 I'm a, a man of faith. And I, I yeah, I was in a dark spot. I was like, God, what should I do? Should I continue working with the Catholic Church doing solar? Or should I show my kids that you put your mind to anything, you can accomplish it? And as soon as I said, or it started downpouring and thundering and it was crazy. And I just, I started, uh, I'm probably probably done this, this laugh cry, right? I was laughing to cry. Like what the, like, this is crazy. Uh, you know, and I, I was still at a bad place. of like, Oh, you're just torturing me. Um, and yeah. So you know, I got done with that and like that kept sticking with me. Like, it was a sign. Um, so I kept training and uh, kept working hard. I think the challenge was, you know, the training wasn't going so well. This COVID stuff was still going on. Um, you know, a lot of the racial injustice um, we see, uh, you know, it was going on in, in my backyard. I was talking to, you know, I know a lot of, of that area of Minneapolis. Uh, and uh, that kind of hit me pretty hard too of, uh, you know, all this stuff, what can I do? Um, and I was really doubting, should I be traveling to Minnesota? Should, you know, should I be hopping on a plane? Should, you know, what the hell should a white privileged guy be doing, spending a week out in the woods by himself doing something stupid? Um, and I was, I was very close to just saying, no, not going to do it. Uh, you know, it's life, life's too short. There's other things going on. I should just be in with my family. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a group of guys that, um, you know, we try to get together once a week. It includes some of the runners that are on here. Um, and, uh, you know, we're doing it mainly by zoom and, um, you know, I was telling them about this. I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't think this is right. And, and they helped me really reframe it of like, okay, Jeff, you know, how can, how can this be less about you and more about something bigger?
Uh, and that's, uh, that's what really got me thinking. Uh, oh, the other piece is um, uh, I just read about string bean, Joe uh, McConaughey, if I got it right. The guy, he yeah. set the, he's, uh, he had just finished running the long trail in Vermont and setting an FKT there. Uh, and so I was reading about him and, um, and he had done a fundraiser. Uh, and it carried, I think, seven rocks for, you know, seven African-Americans who've been killed by police brutality this year. Uh, I, I might be getting that exact details wrong. Uh, but it started me thinking and then I really thought, well, OK, why don't I use this and, and uh, you know, to help raise some money. And I did some research and I found a group called Outdoor Afro that's based in Oakland. And uh, they really have a mission of helping uh, African-Americans get out in the wilderness, uh, particularly, and then help them focus on leadership. So they're really focused on building uh, people to lead hikes out, out in parks in the wilderness, and they're a nationwide organization. Um, so I kind of switched my focus here to uh, try to raise some money uh, for this organization as part of this run. And I think I raised over $4,000 for them. Uh, you know, just just through uh, the generosity of friends and family. Uh, and that really kind of switched my motivation. And this was about three or four weeks before I was gonna run it. Uh, really like, okay, this is less about me and you know, more about what I can do you know, to help our running community. Because the reality is we're a pretty white running community. Um, and so is, the, so is the hiking community. And so this organization is really trying to help bridge that uh, and that, uh, that was good motivation and really just helped me get in that right frame of mind you need to, when you uh, take your first step on, on some big endeavor like this. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have so many follow-ups, but I want to first just thank you for the vulnerability to share all that with such articulation and the sincerity with which you attacked all that. That was really, I appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it and I find inspiration in that. Yeah. Well, every, yeah, this year has uh, definitely opened people up to being more vulnerable with, Everything that's going on. So. I can, yeah, I can only speak for N of one myself, but I truly feel that way. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's all. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of composing myself, my thoughts, I suppose, because I have so many questions. I, I think that you, you hitting that low point and then rallying around your faith is incredibly inspiring. Whether or not, again, I, we don't need to go into who, who has what, but I think that's inspiring, and I think that finding some thing to rally yourself and to dig deep and make a difference that's positive in the world um, is extremely uh, laudable. It's, it's admirable. Thank you. I'm uh, glad that you, know. you, I'm glad that you, wh wherever anybody finds it, I'm glad that you found it. And it's, I mean, you were able to put on quite the rally cap and, and do a lot of good and, and yeah. get an FKT while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, people say it better. I think Yvonne Chardard always says, you know, we're here, everybody needs to do their part with the resources that they have available. And hopefully I can do my little part. Absolutely. Um, I While we're sharing quotes, I pulled up one, uh, it seems like a lifetime ago that you mentioned the storm intensifying and just laugh crying about it. Um, that just so that we can share a laugh cry about it. This is from a book by Clarence King, who was a early Sierra mountaineer back in the 1800s. And he was writing about a, a night out. There are times when the extreme of discomfort so overdoes itself as to extort a laugh and put one in the best of humor. 
this tempest descended to so many absurd personal tricks altogether beneath the dignity of a reputable hurricane that at last it seemed to us some sort of furious burlesque. So true. That's a good right. That's a good little bit. But yeah, it, it is funny when the, and, I, and again, you really exemplified it, if I can offer that humbly, but it, it, you, you, when it gets that ridiculous out there, all you can do is laugh and keep one, one foot in the other. You know, it's yep. all you can do. Yep. Um, Adam Kimball just chat commented that quote was so good. Adam, I'll text it to you. Um, so Jeff, you, um, I, you mentioned the activism and I, I, I am also a white mountain runner from North Lake Tahoe. I am, I know I've, I've given a lot of thought on how to contribute, especially to that activism. It hadn't really occurred to me until you brought it up that your roots in the Minnesota part of the country, obviously with, uh, I, I know the Milwaukee Bucks of Wisconsin were very, um, on the forefront of that movement uh, at a certain point this summer, uh, that area was quite the hotbed. Did that, obviously, I mean, I would like to think that we're all feeling our empathetic humans, but being near that must've been quite a experience this summer. It, it was because uh, you'd hear both on the news, you'd watch what's happening in Reno and cities around the world. But, you know, I talked to friends in Minneapolis and, um, you know, you'd hear the personal stories of how like, you know, they, you know, uh, you know, they heard of riots near their house or they could hear it from their backyard. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, very moving from, from that perspective. Um, it's hard when it's in your backyard. Yeah. Um, it's hard. So, period. <laughs> End stop. It's hard. Yeah. So, uh, we actually, when we were in Minnesota, we took, um, uh, my family and I went to the site where, um, uh, where Mr. Floyd, uh, was brutally killed by the police and it was a very somber place. And it was, uh, it's hard to see that. It's hard to see that in a place that, you know, 10 miles from where I grew up. Uh, and yeah, so that really struck, struck me. Yeah. I, um, so as, as it should anybody, um, I applaud you for, for again, leaning on the, the yeah. friends in your lives and the support of your wife and family and, and taking that as fuel to do something positive. I, yeah. I'm, I'm firmly convinced of few things in this life, but if we can create space around the negative elements of this existence and then fill that space with positive deeds, thoughts, actions, as you did. I, I truly believe that that is a way forward. Yep. And it's, uh, you know, I, I think we all need to figure out how we can help in our running community, in our, uh, you know, communities where we live. Uh, I, and I don't, I don't have any of the answers, uh, you know, but any little thing people can do uh, is a step forward. Yeah, truly. Um, well, well, yeah, thanks for, um, taking the time to, to talk through some of that. Cause I think that's, it sounds like that's very core to this undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you, you talked about how you picked the route you picked about, you know, we've talked about some of your motivations and the support of your family and your faith. And, and unfortunately the, uh, racial injustice in this country. Um, what were some of the, once you were out there, once you did commit to doing it, could you touch on a few highlights and lowlights out there? Yeah. Um, uh, happy to. So, you know, <laughs> just like everybody are, uh, so I, I, um, 
it's hard. I mean, I know Helen talked about when she did the FKT of the TRT, she got to choose when uh, she would start because it's close by. Uh, so I had to, I had to pick a date and pick a flight and, uh, you know, regardless of weather and, uh, September is kind of the best time to do it because it's fall in Minnesota. You hopefully get the first frost, kill off all the bugs and, and everything. So I picked a date. Uh, I was delayed by two days because, uh, a good friend of mine who I spent time with, uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, so I had to wait for, uh, for a negative test result before I went. So it delayed me by two days. Turns out as I was driving up uh, the day before, it was just, it rained the whole day. Um, so just by chance, uh, it ended up, ended up starting about two days later and the weather was great. Uh, okay. So so some high points. So the first day you get out um, and we're happy to talk about this a little bit more, but I started with a 26 and a half pounds pack uh, I had food for about seven days, uh, you know, I was carrying about two and a half pounds of food a day and, you know, started out and, uh, you know, it's too bad. I'd love to show some pictures, but it was gorgeous. Uh, if anybody's I, I, ever... I don't want to cut you off. We are fortunate to have very capable people uh, in Donner Party Mountain Runners, and we will post this talk on our website later and we can absolutely embed photos if you want to share them anything else any other information you might feel is cool yep uh so it was fall it was perfect fall colors you know it's reds uh oranges uh gold you know gold just colors everything it was it was gorgeous it was cool and that first day you know it's just going uh, and i think like halfway through the day i just had this quote like it just popped in my head it's like i feel like superman I don't know what it was. It was great weather. It was just excited to be out there. Um, you know, I think us living up here at elevation and going down to lower elevation, uh, it, it's the real deal. It, it helps. Yeah. Um, and you know, everything, like it just felt great. So, you know, the first day I just cruised and, uh, you know, you go through the highest point and the lowest point the first day. And, you know, I ended up, uh, you spent about a mile and a half walking along Lake Superior, uh, which sounds nice. However, it's that those loose, rocky, uh, like where every foot like sinks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By, like yeah. inches, and so it's actually kind of hard. But I, don't, I ran through. It was sunset there, and you know the sun was setting, and you know the light was on this like island that I was walking by that was just off the shore, and it was just, you know, it was out of this world. And you know the first day you just go, and uh, there's about hundred campsites along the trail. And, uh, so I hit one and I don't know, around midnight and the next one was nine miles away and stopped. It felt great. Um, uh, interestingly, uh, that first night I was just sleeping in a bivy sack and <laughs> the middle of the night, I, what it felt like somebody came up with their hand and reached out and grabbed my foot, uh, <laughs> in the middle of the night and you wake up and like, you start kicking a little bit. I'm sure it's just like a squirrel or something, but you know, well, that's, part of the adventure of camping outside truly especially i've done i'll say my share of sleeping out in the dirt in a bivy sack and it is a yep. it is a different level of exposure um yep. i uh before i forget about it you mentioned you felt like superman just like just after you started and one of the things that i continue to revisit through having the privilege of talking with folks like yourself who have done all these you know you're planning for months if not years for many of these undertakings yep. And our mutual friend, Adam Kimball said this, once you start the running, 
compared to the racial injustice, the challenges of weather, the navigating the, the pandemic, it's really quite simple and easy to just run. And that's got to give you wings because now you know for five to seven days, you're just one foot in front of the other. This is the thing we love the most. Yep. And that's the key word, simple, right? You're just yeah. moving. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. And, you know, the other thing that struck me at the beginning, even through uh, throughout almost the whole um, uh, attempt, is that I felt like a kid. I grew up in Minnesota playing in the league and making leaf piles and jumping into them. And you know, the whole time you're walking through leaves and that like swish, swish, swish of dry leaves under your feet. Um, it, it just felt like playing. And um, it was just joyous. Damn it, Jeff. I want to go running now. I'm going to get up <laughs> and go for a run. This is awesome. Uh, the, the other thing too, uh, well, so big picture, first four days, felt great like just cruising, you know, the first 200 miles, uh, you know, at the end of the fourth day, my, my right knee was bothering me a little bit, but you know, put my feet up after, uh, the fifth day, things started hurting. I've had shin splints before and some of these longer endeavors and I got shin splints in my right shin. And then my left knee started hurting cause I probably overcompensated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're out there for a long time pushing yourself. Uh, so the fifth day, um, you know, was it hurt? And then the sixth day was probably the most pain I've ever been in on a run. Uh, you know, where uphills were great, but everything else was just hard, and especially the downhills. Uh, you know, just the the pounding on the shins and knees and stuff. It it was it was pretty brutal. I I can only imagine, man. I uh, yeah, that is a world of hurt. I um, how did you mentioned you were trying to time the frost to kill the bugs? How did you do with the How'd that work? How, were there bugs? Did yeah. you know the temps? Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're watching the weather and I was worried because there was some nights it was supposed to get below freezing when I was out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I was, I was planning for mid September, got pushed into the end of September. I finished actually in October. Uh, and so, you know, two things I was worried about is like all the leaves start falling. You can't see the trail. Uh, and then I was worried about uh, it being too cold and uh so both those things came true, but they weren't big deals. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there, there were a couple of times where I had to stop and like, oh, where's the path? Because, you know, it's just covered in leaves. But, you know, it was kind of fun. Uh, the cold was was fascinating because uh, it got, especially near the end, it definitely got below uh, freezing uh, when my dad and wife picked me up. At 2 a.m. when I finished, it, it was 26 degrees at the car when we got into the car. So it was chilly, but it was great because I just keep, uh, number one, kept my hands warm, which is uh, just for me, my hands always get cold, but I always kept less layers on. And every time I got a little cooler, I could tell I was slowing down. And so it was like this internal regulator just to keep me going. Because, you know, you're, so I was, I was going, I think, you know, 17 to 21 hours a day you know, sleeping kind of three to four hours a night. Uh, And you get in, it's, well, first of all, I wasn't thinking clearly by the, you know, day four, five, six, Uh, but the cold just happened to be this perfect regulator, especially at night that like, I just got to keep moving. And it was great. It was, you know, in a way like a pacer there with you. Yeah, I was gonna say, it almost takes some of that decision-making off your head, which is kind of nice. Yep. Especially yep. your decision-making is falling apart on day five of an FKT. <laughs> uh, so there was, I think, yeah, it was the night of day 
five and you know i was pushing a little bit and it's like midnight one o'clock the trail was along this road and it was starting to get near duluth so there are more roads around and i came to this four-way intersection on the road and you know on the map the trail everything is like you just go forward and i spent 20 plus minutes figuring out where to go because i was just convinced that i was supposed to go I was supposed to go south ultimately, but I was convinced the trail goes west. And I kept doing these circles and look for the trails and checking my watch. And like, and I had to finally like go back a little bit on the trail where I came to like reset myself. And, you know, at the end, you like once I finally figured out, I just like laughed, right? Because I, you know, here it is, it's cold, it's midnight, you've been going for, you know, 16, 18 hours. And like, yeah, your brain is just not working right. I, one of my favorite joys of ultra running is that space and being a part, whether you're pacing people, working an aid station, whether you're competing in ultras, whatever. I, this is a longer conversation for a stronger cup of coffee, but I would love to compile photos, videos, quotes that are just ultra running out of context. Like, so with no other mention, just a video of you, like standing in an intersection in Duluth at 1am wearing shorts, just like looking at maps and just just incoherent would be really funny, I think. Yeah, I think there was at least one car that drove by, and I was definitely thinking, like, what? What <laughs> must they be thinking? Here's a guy with, like, you know, this little headlamp with a backpack on, this four-way intersection just standing there. In Minnesota, and they're probably yeah. going to go down the window and be like, are you okay? And you're like, this is actually the most fun I've ever had. I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's remarkable. I um. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. Um, and so your your wife met you at the finish. Um, we've we've or you've extolled her virtues already. How did she? Obviously, she supported this by like dropping you off, picking you up. I'm sure she helped with a bunch of. She couldn't crew you necessarily, but like, could you talk about how she supported this event? Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> she, um, you know, it's interesting. It's all this coordination, right? The kids have school, and um, so. I, you know, I was delayed by two days, and, but she stayed on the same flight, came out, and um, she, she and my kids and my parents, who live in Minneapolis, um, ended up surprising me, just standing on the side of the road, you know, not, they, they unsupported me, uh, but they were just standing on the side of the road with about 28 or 29 miles left to go on the last day, and I, like, and I remember I just had come down this, like, like 200 feet of stairs and it just hurts i i like that last day i remember like channeling uh i think it's Lamaze breathing that yeah. my wife learned when you know just <laughs> like tried to, you know when, when she had our two kids and just trying to get to the pain and and coming up and i was like i just i didn't know how i was gonna like get this done and you know 28 miles is a long way and sure enough there they are like my family and holding a sign saying go jeff and uh, you know, in hindsight, like I barely said anything to them. I, I like could not speak. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, something about these long endeavors, you just get so wrapped up in your head and thoughts that you're, cause they're not talking to too many people, uh, you know, saying hi to people on the trails and stuff, but uh, I was just so overwhelmed. Uh, and, and it was, it was just amazing. And, and uh, it took me like several miles to like, I could, feel my brain like switching out of whatever that like inward space you were to like, Oh, okay. Right. Normal thinking like, Oh, that was a pretty awesome. And you know, they 
saw me on another road crossing, uh, you know, a little while later. And uh, so they were pretty spectacular. Uh, it was pretty funny, though. So, you know, 310 miles. Uh, the end is actually you have to hike a mile in to get to the Minnesota Wisconsin border. And, uh, you know, uh, my wife was awesome because she's like, I tripped on that mile. I don't know how you did 310 miles of this. Uh, I'm sure you told so, her tripped lots. Don't worry. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, my, one of my big toes, I still don't have full sensation in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I kid it a lot. Uh, yeah. But they, they were awesome. And, and they were there, you know, at 2 a.m. in the morning when I finished. And um, uh, it, because of the delay, my, um, I, had, I had a friend lined up to drive me. Uh, but then he couldn't do it because it was on a work day. Uh, so I ended up renting a car and drive it up. And my sister actually helped coordinate one of her friends to get the car back to Duluth. And then they're able to pick it up. And uh, my uh, my dad is a private pilot and he actually flew my sister up to Duluth. And, you know, it's crazy. Fifth day, it was a reroute. So I ended up having to get off the trail and they, they had they knew where I was with the GPS tracker, but I was work at, walking on a dirt road. And sure enough, they fly right over me. And I flip on my phone and turn off airplane mode and call them. And they come back and they like circle me. Uh, you know, this one guy out in the middle of the northern woods on a 310 mile trail. And here's my sister and dad flying a plane above. And I was so overwhelmed with love and support and i've never felt like more supported by you know a plane flying over me in the middle of the north woods that's incredible uh, man so I, yeah between my family and, and my wife and kids and everybody you know even these unsupported things like they were there in the ways that mattered well yeah and i and again i've had the privilege of interviewing helen pelster on her unsupported um trt lap um i've had the privilege of talking with plenty of folks and i i don't know if there's good, if maybe we write a book or something, but it seems like by far the easiest role in any FKT unsupported supported doesn't matter is running. The thing is gotta be the easiest one. Cause I've watched, you know, Helen's wife Javi, or Helen's uh, husband, Javier do all sorts of stuff to support her. And of course he's not sleeping while she's out there and just kind of grinding on data yep. um, to make sure that she has what she needs and stuff. Um, I know running with Adam uh, at the end of his TRT lap, he looked way better than everybody that had been crewing him for two days. Cause it's just way worse. It's just worse. It is. Yep. So I, uh, I love hearing those stories personally, just again, like that's the amount of logistics your family put into this is mind numbing compared to just keep running forward. Yep. So uh, like Javier, my wife would stay up and not go to bed until I went to bed. And, you know, I was two hours ahead. So that usually wasn't a big deal, but you know, near the end, I pushed harder and harder and, you know, did some longer days and she's like, oh, I just couldn't get to sleep until, you know, I saw that you had stopped because with my Garmin, you could send a little message of when you stopped for the night, just for a little communication. So I've, uh, I've got one of those Garmin in reaches and I've got all the preset messages, including this is where I'm going to spend the night. Good night. I love yep. you. Wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. It's great. Um, yeah. And I know, I, you know, they're fun to carry on long efforts like this because you can t get messages sent to you. Did you have any friends send stuff to you? Uh, so I'd flip on my phone uh, once or twice a day and, and got some text messages and, and I, I got a lot of love from my family and friends and uh, it was great. I, so it was, I, ha, I, I kind of almost rationed that because it was so intense. Uh, the, the, your, 
my, I, I don't know the right way to say it. I'm a typical guy that doesn't express his emotions very well, but it's everything was just so overwhelming. Uh, you know, when you're out there for that long, you're pushing your body that hard that, you know, you'd start crying when you'd read these text messages of just like, hey, you got this, like, great job, man. Uh, you know, I got a video from uh, my cousins uh, who are, you know, three and five. And it was just like, it, I just broke down because it was just, they're like, yeah, you could do this, Jeff. And it was just so um, touching. Uh, and it was almost, hard i couldn't imagine like constantly communicating with them uh, so uh but i you know i did usually checked in in the morning and in the evening and, and it was just so great and just helped helped me so much that is wonderful man that is, it's cool to to hear about the the army behind all of this uh you know and celebrate that i think it's worth doing and i and again i'm yep. full disclosure i'm like an active like I know I'm stitched together by my partner and you know like I'm that's why I was kind of asking for specifics on this run we know we're all held up by the people behind it absolutely and yeah everybody uh, uh everybody's behind me it was great uh, yeah it was awesome yeah yeah it is the best um I know uh I read uh, I, I pulled up your account or your profile on the fastest known time website and uh and this was your first dig at one of these man congrats on one for one it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I, who knows? I, I might be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, so, uh, I, I can, I know everybody, again, everybody I've interviewed, no one's frothing to go do another like multi-day Sufferfest right off the bat. Yeah. You know, uh, it was pretty special though. I mean, having the connection with Minnesota, uh, the funny story, I heard about this. Uh, about two days after I finished the Tower 200, uh, my cousin who lives in Minneapolis texted me uh, an article of somebody who has set the FKT. Uh, and, you know, you come out after the Tower 200, it, that race just, it went great for me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so it's like two years of planning. Uh, even last summer, we always got to Minnesota and I, I ran, I don't know, 50, 60 miles of the trail. And uh, so uh, a little different than a lot of people uh, that have switched their plans uh, to run FKTs. This, this is something I've been planning for two years. Uh, and, you know, I think, uh, as you probably heard with FKTs, I consider it, uh, you know, a ladder. Uh, and it's the people that set these FKTs before that really help you get up, uh, up the ladder. Um, so it, it was pretty special. Yeah, I think that's a tremendously healthy attitude because I, I don't think it- – getting a record that you set broken does not diminish that record in my eyes as a runner and a coach and a, no. I don't know, it, I, being a part of a heritage of a, of a, you know, the pushing the human potential is so much cooler than anything else. Yeah. And, you know, I, um, and these, these guys who've done it before, you know, uh, set great times. Uh, and I think there, there's room to break it. Right. So I, um, my goal was to get through the first four days, get through the first 200 miles and kind of the fifth day is relatively flat and the sixth day is just some flatter sections. That, um, my goal is to do four days and then start running, right? After you, you know, a lot less pack weight, you know, um, I had enough pain that I barely ran a step. Yeah. And so I think there, there's room for people that can manage their bodies um, to get to that point that they could run. Although I did meet one hiker and his friend had tried to set an FKT and he started out with 50 mile days um, and ended up um, uh, 
stress fracturing both of his legs. Oh, he had to quit. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It's just the tra- the 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 train is just brutal. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and who knows? And again, this is the fun thing about being on the cutting edge of the sport is like who knows if the better plan is to run early, to bring less, to sleep none, whatever. You know, who knows? Yep. Uh, uh, right now, uh, you know, you know the fastest way. You're the only one. So the the record was uh, seven days and twelve hours, and I kind of planned to do it in seven days. So I brought enough food for seven days plus a little extra. Uh, and you know that first day went so well. I, I you know, the, the things that go through your head, like I couldn't help but like that first day of like, wait, this is going really easy to slip back to that. Well, you could you could just you know as long as you pull a sixty mile day one day and fifty is the rest, you can get it done in six days. And I I just I play I in my head it was going from like that you know almost envisioning what it's like to finish. Uh, and do so well to like pulling me back. And actually um, a little bit of something that I learned on doing the Camino is what I pulled back uh, was in with prayer. Um, and, you know, a, a, a very simple prayer, almost like a mantra that would kind of bring me back to focus on what I was doing and the steps I was taking. And uh, somehow that worked for me, this like my brain would naturally try to Think about what it was like. What it'd be like to complete this in under six days, uh, with the grounding of where you are. And I think that really helped me because I was able to keep pushing. And then you know, by like day four, it's like, okay, I see the end. And I also see that I can't do a sixty-mile day at the end. So I did you know two fifty-five-mile days for the last two days and really pushed it. And um, uh, you know, I yeah. I broke the record by almost forty hours. Oh my goodness. I, I don't know if I had thought of it. That's obvious. Yeah. Over a a day and a half. Um, so it, it was, uh, wow. I, uh, it's hard to comprehend still. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a not insignificant amount of time, Jeff. I, um, you should be very proud of that. I, I, I'm almost hesitant to do this because it's a huge nerd tangent, right? We're at like minute 55. So I don't want to lose the listeners, but as you mentioned it and you, and you, mentioned leaning on prayer for it, but I know Helen leaned on a, a mindfulness practice and a mantra and breath work. I know Renee does. Um, I know Ad, Adam uh, runs with his faith and, you know, like I, I'm not sure if I'm going to articulate it on this call, but it, it does seem to me that there is something about grounding yourself and, and letting your body re-identify that it's just running, walking in the woods. Like it's not if you can get your system in that place, your nervous system, your heart rate, your brain waves, whatever, whether it's prayer, meditation, breath, whatever, it seems to be a huge advantage in these longer events. I, I'm no expert in this. I just have my own personal experiences, but I think you're right. Uh, both in this and in the Tower 200, uh, you know, so much of it was just being in the present. And honestly, I'm not too good at that in my normal life with, all distractions and everything going on. And, you know, while, while you're moving, just like that focus of the step and, uh, you know, for me to, I find God in the world around me and being present with him, being present in nature, you know, on these trails, it's, it's 
motivating to keep going in that and just to stay there. And it's not about what you've done. It's not all the distance you have ahead of you. It's just where you are. Uh, Absolutely. And I, uh, there is science behind the idea. I mean, you can, it has been proven that with breath work, you can regulate your nervous system to go from a sympathetic fight or flight to a parasympathetic uh, rest and digest state. And of course, we're all going to be better runners if we are in a functional physiology point, you know, if our body and brain are functioning well and the stresses are low, of course we're good runners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and if you, get in, yeah, if you get started, you're in a chase, you're behind schedule, whatever, and your, your, your body's functioning differently. I'm sure that holds us back. Yep. I have a lot to learn from Helen. I'm just kind of a hack that somehow is, you know, gets through it. Hey man, I, this is, I, I will absolutely die on this hill. We all have a lot to learn from Helen. <laughs> Agreed. We're, we're lucky in the community we live. We have such, such great people. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, I, and that's, yeah, maybe we, we can go for a run and, and unpack all that. And if we can come to a nice buttoned up thing, maybe we'll write about it for the DPMR membership and, uh, and what have you. Um, but I, I think that's uh, what you mentioned is probably the, at least an important takeaway for me, whether it's not the most important or not, it's that, by by focusing on that presence and by putting yourself into a position to succeed and not letting things get out of proportion and not, especially this year, man, you went you went out there as a as an activist and fundraiser for uh, for a racial justice idea. You were in a pandemic. I mean, there's a lot of things that can pull you out of it. And what you're saying is that by pulling back into it is what kind of sets you free at the end. Yeah. And, yeah, and exactly. Again, that's that's inspiring. That's uh, I think I hope we can all take that and maybe navigate this with a little more grace and and run more. You know. Yep. And I'll just let you do my talking now. Ha! I'll do my best, man. Uh, I hope I didn't just lose you as you. Uh... Oh no. Oh no, Jeff, Jack, somebody, anybody. We can just give him a sec, Chris. Let's see if he pops back, if it uh, cool. reconnects here. Cool. Um, in the meantime, while we uh, have Jeff come back, um, we had a member ask, Jeff, what did your pack weigh at the end and how well did you manage your food needs? So we'll address that once we get Jeff back. Um, I hope that we can get Jeff to upload some of those pictures of his run and maybe some of that information on things like pack weight and some of those details um, on our DPMR website. Um, I get to just say all that and then have capable people like you do that, Jack. <laughs> um, it looks like he dropped off, but I bet he's just trying to reconnect. So let's give him a minute and, and cool. see. Uh... Um, those of you that are, are, are following, you can use the chat window to solicit questions just like that one if you'd like me to ask any specific questions of jeff when he gets back um if he doesn't get back of course we'll make sure he gets those questions oh man we got some good questions already and we got jeff back uh, sorry about that <laughs> uh you guys there no worries yeah, technology. That's why we should just all be out running. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so Jeff, as you are away, I, uh, you, you mentioned something like, I'll just let you talk for me and then cut out, which was funny. <laughs> um, 
I would love to not talk with you, but I appreciate the, or not talk for you, but I appreciate the kind words. While you were away, we had three members um, solicit questions. So I'd love to start with those. We'll kind of do like a rapid fire thing to put a bow on it. Let's do it. Um, Jeff, what did your pack weigh at the end and how well do you feel you managed your food needs? Yeah, good question. Uh, so it started out as 26 and a half pounds. Um, and I believe about 18 pounds of that was food, which puts it at about um, eight and a half pounds of gear. Um, so I planned for about two and a half pounds of food a day. Uh, that I ate two and a half pounds of food a day. I started eating extra the last two days. Um, so I think I met, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out the right food. And I had these pair of North Face shorts where I was able to put almost two pounds of food basically on, like on this belt built into my shorts. Uh, so I just ate it and I was eating throughout the day. Uh, so I ended up with uh, probably three pounds of food left. So I don't know, put my pack weight at, um, you know, about 11 ish pounds approximately. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I knew I was going to run so fast, I'd probably bring less food. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've learned we can trim it down. If we listen to Adam and just don't sleep, if you just eat let three pounds less food, you're going to kill it, man. Yep. So I think about, yeah, about 5,500 calories of food a day is what I was eating. Uh, do you, did you happen to weigh yourself before and after? I, uh, yeah, I was down about two pounds. So, oh my, that's nice work, dude. Yeah. So again, I mean, that was, I, you know, spent four days out on the trail and training for it, you know, uh, yeah, I, I tried yeah. to put in the time to, to do it right. That's great. Um, another listener, our dear friend, Helen Felster, um, asked to hear a little more compare and contrast on the experience, not the actual accomplishment of doing the Camino as a personal pilgrimage versus pushing for an FKT. Yeah. Good question. Uh, Helen, you asked two good questions. Uh, the, the, the pilgrimage, um, it was, it was a lot more about my faith. And, you know, especially after like the third or fourth day, I was like, I could do this uh, physically. Uh, and so I think it was much more uh, about my faith and being where I was. And uh, uh, the FKT was definitely more physically demanding. I mean, on the Camino, you know, you do 50K, I got shin splints and had to walk a bunch of it at the end. And, you know, but still you're start at eight, you're done at six or something and you have a dinner and a bunch of glasses of wine. And, uh, you get to usually stay at places where you could uh, have dinner with uh, people and meet and talk. And, uh, this was much more, you know, going for such long days, pushing yourself, being by yourself the whole time. It was definitely more, uh, physically demanding and much more about, uh, how you keep pushing yourself, how you stay healthy, how you keep eating. Um, yeah, but that, uh, but that question really deserves, you know, uh, a, another whole session. Truly, truly. And, and, uh, I hope to have that conversation. Um, I'm going to go with two more questions, one from a listener and one from me. The first one from a listener viewer, um, is how, what was your setup for sleeping at night? How well did it work? Would you change anything? Yeah. Uh, and I know this is a topic, a lot of conversations. So I had, uh, like an ultralight bivy sack, 
uh, and a you know Thermarest pad. Like the BB sack was four or five ounces. The Thermarest was another four ounces. Uh, a 28 degree sleeping bag that was less than a pound, made by Sea to Summit, and you know it almost compresses down to a liter size water bottle. I and use then, my Sea to Summit bag for all my baby rooms too, man. Yeah, and it's, it's great. It really compresses down. Um, and then I did bring. Uh, Z-Pax makes a, a tarp uh, that you use one of your trekking poles for. Uh, and I brought that too, because there's, there's rain there. So I, use, I put on a tarp, uh, I think half the nights. Uh, so super light setup. I mean, I got to tell you the baby sacks. And stuff, I learned a lot. Like when I was training in July, I got all set up the first night and then it started raining and I woke up at 1 a.m. with my bivy sack full of water because uh, I didn't hook it up to the tarps. So it kind of stays up off the ground. And like I, I, um, I made a lot of mistakes, but uh, the and let, let's just I'm so glad there wasn't mosquitoes because even with that net, you know, right in front of your face when in June, you could hear the mosquitoes all night. And it was it just kept me up and it just, you know, it's like. Drilling into your skull. Um, oh, cool. best tip that I have: earplugs. Oh, all right, earplugs. And I forgot to wear them the first night, but for me, and because I, then I was just up too much. But it kind of tunes out all of that fight or flight response of like you know thing you know things moving in the woods. Yeah, just put in earplugs. You're so tired, and then you just fall asleep. Uh, that's so a, that's a wonderful tip. Yeah. So would I change it uh, for, for what I was doing? Probably not. Um, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of mountaineering and, and a lot of backpacking and stuff. And it's, it's still, I'm still not a hundred percent comfortable with bivy sack, you know, camping, yeah. but if you're just so tired, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, it's <clears throat> admittedly, it's pretty Spartan <clears throat> uh, when you lay down in the dirt after running. Um, totally. Um I, uh, one of our listeners said, we really do need to do a write-up for all this, uh, running, sleeping while running for all the inquiring minds. And maybe I'll, I've got some time on my hands. Maybe I'll spearhead that article and hit up you and all of our FKT people for tips. Yep. Happy to help. Uh, yeah. Between the setup, uh, you know, there's so many, like string bean, when he did his FKT attempt, he would sleep in two, two hour, um, uh, segments. Yeah. So he would, you know, sleep right before, right after the sun went to bed or set, and then right before it came up, and it worked for him. As yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Totally. Um, actually, I, I just fun Springsteen story just to share with you as a friend. I when I ran, I ran from uh, Devil's Post Pile out of Mammoth Lakes to Tuolumne Meadows with Adam Kimball and Michalino Sinceri this summer, and uh, we ran into him out there. Um, string being walking with his girlfriend or wife. I don't want to, his partner maybe. Um, but, uh, just out there, just hanging out and we shot the ship for five minutes. And then as we run away, uh, I got his kind of whole story, which is, it was really fun to run into him. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah the, the things you, people you run into in the woods, man. <laughs> um, one last question for the sign off for all the beer lovers in our club. And I'm not one of them. I hadn't had a beer in a couple of years, but, uh, you mentioned in your trip report that you had a finish line beer when you re- when you met your wife and dad. What was your beer? So I had to go with the Minnesota Classic, uh, the Summit EPA, the extra pale ale. Uh, 
So it's uh, it's brewed in Minneapolis, and uh, it's just always, you know, it's not like earth shattering, but it's always just really good. Cool. Hey, if it's what you're looking forward to, it's the best. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Um, I, I did. I asked my wife for um, a beer and pumpkin pie is what I asked for at the finish line. Uh, so she brought the beer, but she didn't bring the pumpkin pie. I kind of gave her a, a little crap about it, but she's like, Jeff, if I would have brought it when I fell, it would have been all over the ground and you wouldn't have been able to have it anyway. And and who knows? I, I don't know what state you were in. I know that I very regularly think about stuff like that and then finish the run and I'm unable to look at food for like six hours. Oh, so, no, I, I ate well. <laughs> nice, good work. Um, if, if I can, uh, I know that you your wife apologized for not bringing the bag. Um, Adam, I, we keep coming back to Adam, but he's a mutual friend. It's funny. Adam and I ran once and we finished and we didn't ask our wives for anything at the finish. And they chose to to bring on their own volition some Smirnoff ice and iced us immediately after finishing our run. So okay. at least you got half of what you asked for, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. There was a pie waiting in the car, you know. Oh, you go. Uh, so I, well, I got some pie. As always, if you don't specify which beer, you might get iced. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Um, Jeff, thank you for your time, energy, and so much wonderful conversation. It's been a real treat for me. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, for hosting this. And uh, you know, hopefully this was somewhat entertaining and helpful for people. No doubt. No doubt. And uh, I, I, like I mentioned before, if, uh, if you missed this or if you would like to reference it, it's going to be on DonnerPartyMountainRunners.com. Jeff, we'll link with you to get some pictures on there of some of the beautiful scenery. I know I would love to see some of that fall foliage since we don't get much of it up here in Tahoe. Um, thank you again for, your, for all of it, man. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. And thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, I look forward to uh, hopefully running with you soon, man. Anytime. (laughs) Cheers. Good night and good luck. Thank you all for being here. Um, We'll see you for the next one.